Welcome to Passion Church. For more information about Passion Church, please visit us online at www.passionchurch.tv. Now let's join the service already in progress. So glad that uh, we have this technology. Uh, for those of you who are wondering kind of what's going on here at Passion Church, let me just kind of give you a real quick update before I share um, part four of Circle Check. Uh, this broadcast will certainly look a little different than our broadcasts in the past. Uh, as you'll remember back in, I think it was in late November, we had a, a small outbreak of the coronavirus at the church. And uh, we took a, a Sunday off. And, uh, man, it proved to be wisdom. It kind of just stopped the virus in its track in our body, and we didn't have any outbreak for a while. Um, this past Sunday after church, over the course of the next few days, we had several people come down with the virus, and myself included. So uh, about seven or eight of us have all been in our own quarantines. And so we just decided that this Sunday it would be wise to take off and uh not be in the building, and hopefully it will prove as wise as it was last time, and that this will just put the kibosh, if you will, on this virus spread. We just didn't want to take a chance. Um, just wanted to uh, tell you this broadcast will look a little different than anything we've ever done uh, for a Sunday morning. You, most of you that have been watching us, even during the uh, months that we were locked down, uh, we tried to give you our very best technical look, and so we did praise and worship online, and uh, we would broadcast from locations, but this time I decided that it would be better if we just did it like this. I just didn't feel that it was wise to put our tech guys in um, harm's way to be dealing with me or maybe others that may have the virus. So you got me this morning from the, the confines of a back bedroom all by myself. So <laughs> I'm doing well, and I, from all the reports of everyone that uh, is in quarantine, most of us are dealing uh, with really light symptoms, and so we're very fortunate. Just continue to pray, and uh, we're just going to believe for the best out of this whole thing. So um, just wanted to continue our discussion. We've been uh, in a series called Circle Check. I just didn't want to interrupt this series. Um, I just think it's so absolutely important and crucial for where we are, uh, not only in our body, just, but just in our world, in our society. We've been talking about the fact that uh, the circles in our lives are so important. It's another way of saying relationships, of course, but uh, it's just absolutely essential that we have the right people around us. We, we kind of uh, instinctively know that our circles determine our destiny and that our friends determine our future. And then we've been saying it like this during this series, those that are uh, close matter most. And I just think that's going to be incredibly important just as we continue to go forward over the course of the next few months, and perhaps even years. Um, we've talked about the fact that one of our issues seems to be that most of us don't know how to, uh, how a circle is supposed to function. And so when we don't know, then we don't ever fully tap into or harness the potential of that circle. And then what happens is we either exit a circle or we sabotage a circle, and we never really pay the price of vulnerability or transparency or submit to the accountability that's needed for that circle to be effective in our lives. Um, and so 
we just got to continue in this process of trying to figure this out. Um, if we don't, the result is we suffer in isolation. I know a little bit about isolation this week, uh, but we suffer in this long term and we call it independence. I'm just out here doing my own thing, don't need anybody else when the truth is we know better. And a lot of us just hop in and out of circles, go to various churches looking for the fruit that we des desperately desire and, and want. We envy it, but we never secure it because we don't spend the long-term investment of time to pull off this thing that we're looking for. So if we understand how our circles are supposed to function, uh, then we can have the appropriate demands. Um, and there are some things you should expect from a circle. Um, and if you don't see those things happening, then there's only a couple options. One is that you either buckle down and demand these things and develop these things in your circle, or you may have to do a circle change. So we started this journey uh, four weeks ago, and I told you that right in plain sight, uh, Scripture talks about um, circles. There are 59 one another statements that give us clear circle coaching. Um, and so hopefully you have your card if you've been attending. We've been going through these um, and talked about the core component, which I'll mention here in just a second, the center. And then now we're in the process of moving around these little orbiting components um, that our circle should provide. You'll remember that uh, I've talked to you about this. The tendency is that as we go through these, you're going to ask this question, is my circle doing this for me? That's a really important question. It's an appropriate question. But there's another question we have to ask, and that is this, am I doing this for my circle? Um, it's equally important that we're doing this for someone else. And so uh, the core component, we said uh, 17 of the 59 commands, the one another statements, um, is about this core component, which was to love one another. All the other components orbit or spin around um, or are able to even be accomplished because of the fact that we love one another. So 28% of the commands are about loving one another. And if we don't love one another, then the others are going to be very difficult to pull off. Uh, you'll remember that we started the first uh, orbiting component, which I think is probably one of the most difficult. And it was that we are to confess to one another and to forgive one another. In a safe circle, um, we are able to confess our faults and to forgive one another. Because... Scripture, these statements teach us that if we don't confess, then we can't be healed or we can't be whole. So we've got to find confidential and careful circles filled with people who are also very aware of their own need for forgiveness. Um, and I've made this statement to you. If our, if our church can be made up of circles like this, then we will become a group of people that are filled with grace where those that are wounded and broken can run in and find safety. Uh, the second one that we dealt with last week um, was that we must serve one another. And if you'll remember, I said that serving keeps us circled. It's uh, always interesting to me that the people that we seem to do the most for, who never make this shift right here, even with all of their needs met, they exit, they, they bail out, they, they seem to fall away. And I think it's because they never in turn serve anyone. So serving keeps us circled, and serving is about meeting and filling needs. It's not really about our giftedness. In fact, we talked about that. That's the wrong question. That's the question we've been taught to ask in churches. What is my gift? And although that is part of fulfilling destiny and finding purpose, I think we struggle when we find out what our gift is, that that's the only thing we want to do. 
And what I submitted to you last week is that uh, serving requires us to find needs and fill them, even if that's not in our gifted giftedness and not in our area of interest. It's really about meeting the needs of people. And as we do that, then in turn, others are meeting our needs. So let's continue. Uh, interesting that today is this one. Uh, the third orbiting com component that we must have in operation in our circles is that we must pray for one another. So pray for one another. If you have your card, you can fill that in right here uh, in the third circle. Pray for one another. Um, interestingly enough, there's only one direct mention of this uh, circle coaching command. There's a secondary mention that I think infers this command, but only one that specifically says pray for one another. We read this passage when we were dealing with forgive or confess and forgive, but it also deals with prayer. It's James chapter 5, verse 16, which says this, Therefore, confess your sins to one another and pray for one another so that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. Here's another version. Make this your common practice. Confess your sins to one another and pray for one another so that you can live together whole and healed. The prayer of a person living right with God is something powerful to be reckoned with. Uh, the secondary verse uh, is one we mentioned last week when we were dealing with service, but I think it infers prayer too, and that's Galatians chapter 6, verse 2. It says to carry each other's burdens, and in this way you will fulfill the law of Christ. So let's talk uh, just for a few moments about this, um, this uh, component of praying for one another. Um, there are some interesting things here that I want us to consider. Number one is this. I, I think it's really important for us to understand that prayer cannot be a cop-out. It's interesting to me that in the 59 circle coaching statements that serving one another is mentioned eight times, while prayer is only mentioned once, specifically once. So maybe we ought to make a conclusion. Should we assume then that um, prayer isn't important, or maybe we should conclude that prayer really is non-essential, or we could decide that prayer doesn't really matter. And I would argue that if you come to that conclusion, then you're making a serious error and uh, you're headed for trouble. Uh, instead, what I want to suggest to you this morning, especially those of us in Passion, I want, to, I want you to hear what I'm getting ready to say. I, I want to suggest to you that the emphasis on service actually positions us for more effective and powerful prayer. And you say, well, how? Well, I'm glad you asked. Here's, here's what I think. I think it's as you serve, you also discover that there are needs that you cannot meet. You're going to find out that there's sicknesses that you can't heal, that there are hurts that people have suffered that you're never going to be able to resolve. Uh, there's brokenness that even though you try, you're never going to be able to mend. And there are going to be areas of lack in people's lives that you are never going to be able to resource. And it's at that juncture that you suddenly come to this realization that only God can do this. I think it says we fulfill the order described in uh, or prescribed in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 46, which says first the natural, then the spiritual, that we are better positioned to pray. So I want to challenge you. I think the reason that service is mentioned eight to one is that the writers are trying to keep us from making prayer a cop-out. We, we, we've got to come to this place where we take things to God that we can't fix. 
we don't take things to God that he's already empowered and enabled us to fix. I think uh, all too often we use prayer as a get out of helping free card. Uh, I will pray for you too often means I really don't want to get involved or I'm so caught up in my own life. I just don't have the time to stop long enough to assist you in your need, even if I have the answer that you're looking for. And James is very clear that prayer is powerful. However, I'm, I'm beginning to wonder how many of us who are praying for people's answers and solutions already have what we're praying for, but we have allowed those answers and those resources to become bottlenecked in us, and we just say, I'll pray for you, but we never release the resources that are the answers to those prayers. We cannot use prayer as a cop-out when we've been entrusted with the answers that we would be praying for God to provide. So here's, here's the order. We serve, then we pray. Prayer should accompany our service, not become a substitute for our service. Uh, we must learn to invite God to do what only he can do while we do what we can do. I think uh, if we would get this mixture right, I think we would be a witness to many more answered prayers if we would continue to serve and then take things to God that only he can answer. Uh, the second thing I want to talk to you about at prayer is this, is I think uh, powerful prayers are birthed from deep relationship. Uh, deep prayers require depth of relationship. Could it be that the effectiveness of our prayer is determined by the depth of the relationship in our circles? I, I don't know, but I do believe that our prayers are more effective and precise and laser-focused and certainly fervent when we, are in deep, when we are in deep relationship with the person that we're praying for. Haven't you noticed that um, our prayers change when you know the person you're praying for, haven't you noticed that the intensity level goes uh, to a whole nother level uh, when you're in close relationship, when you're praying for someone that you're close to, when they're in dire straits, there's just something that happens when you pray for them. And I'm not saying you can't be used by God. Uh, there's, a, there's a gift of intercession where God uses you to pray for people you don't know. I'm not saying that that's not a reality. I'm just saying, um, I, I just think that Maybe we ought to ask a question. I think maybe the question is, is um, uh, how powerful are our prayers? Uh, maybe maybe um, it, it, it's just the fact that we're, we're not as tight as we should be. So uh, are most of our prayers surface level? Do they ever really graduate to the, the, the command given in James 5.16, which says, uh, pray powerfully, your prayers are effective, your prayers are fervent. And what, I, what I'm suggesting is that if, if our prayers never reach that kind of intensity, that kind of level, maybe it could be a glaring indication that our circle relationships are shallow and maybe meaningless to us. Our prayer life may do more than just give us a glimpse or grade when it comes to our relationship with God. Maybe our prayers give us a grade on our level of relationship with our circle mates. I think what the writer's doing and what I'm trying to do this morning is to challenge you to go deep in relationship so that our prayers will deepen. 
so that it's not just a prayer of bless so-and-so, bless so-and-so, bless so-and-so, and we go down through the laundry list. Instead, out of deep relationship, I'm moved by what you're moved by. Uh, when your children are sick, my heart hurts. When your spouse is depressed, my heart responds. When those that you love, when you are in lack, when you're hurting, the depth of that relationship causes my prayers to go deeper and become more effective and more powerful. I want to challenge you this morning. We've got to go deeper in our relationships so that we know one another better, but also so that our prayer life changes, so that our prayers deepen. And then finally, I want to say to you that it is only as we, we are only able to bear up as we pray up. Remember, we are instructed in Galatians 6 to carry one another's burdens. And I, honestly, I, I, if I could uh, talk to you like this and monitor the comments as well, I'd, I'd see how many of you would respond truthfully. How many of us would admit that we have enough burdens on our own uh, without adding anybody else's burdens? Uh, man, it's just not that attractive at time of a proposition to carry anybody else's burdens. I have my own bills. I have my own worries. I have my own problems, my own issues, my own sickness to deal with, my own fears, my own anger. Um, and so then I start thinking, well, how could I possibly make room for someone else's burdens? And I want to submit to you that that is why we must learn to pray for one another. It's as we pray that we are able to effectively carry someone else's burdens. Listen, if all you do is worry as much as I'm worrying, or if all you do is fret as much as I'm fretting, if you freak out as badly as I'm freaking out, then you really haven't uh, helped me carry my burden at all. Uh, but in the middle of my worry and my fret and my fear and my freak out, if you're carrying my issue to God in prayer, then you're helping me. Haven't you ever been so deep in a problem that you couldn't pray? It's at those moments that we need those people that we're in a circle with to take it to the Lord in prayer. Listen, if we try to carry our own burdens all by ourselves, our own burdens will destroy us. But this is true, too. If we try to carry everybody else's burdens alone, their burdens will destroy us. But if we learn to carry burdens to God in prayer, then he will hear our prayers, he will answer, and this is the powerful part of this, he will not only lighten our load, but he will lighten the load of the person we're praying for. You will remember in week one that we talked about love. I read to you uh, one of the primary commands out of the 17 said, be devoted to one another in love. And we talked about the fact that that word devoted means to pursue. There's another instance in scripture where we are instructed and commanded to be devoted. It's Colossians chapter 4 verse 2. It says, devote yourselves to prayer, keeping alert in it with an attitude of thanksgiving. I think the writer's trying to convince us that if we truly love one another, not only will we be devoted to one another, but when I'm so attached to you that I can feel your burdens, I can, I can respond out of concern for your needs, your desires, your issues, your lack, then I will also equally be devoted to prayer because I recognize that not only am I serving you, trying to meet the needs I can meet, 
that the needs that you have that I can't do anything about, I know who can. And so I become devoted in prayer. And I beat down heaven's doors for you when you can't pray so that when I can't pray, you're praying for me. And I think that's when our circles operate the best. Let me ask you something today. How often are you really praying for the people that you seem to be so glad to see in a building on a Sunday morning? I know when we don't get to have church together in a building, uh, we long to see each other. And I love watching you interact on Sunday mornings. It's the highlight of my week to see uh, people that have been so busy at work, so busy with life, so happy to see one another. But if that's all it is, then we're missing the appropriate fun function of a circle. How many times during the course of the week are you stopping and praying for those people that you enjoy seeing on Sunday morning? How many times are you calling out their name to our Father? Those same people that you love to worship with, how many of you are really praying? This is a really critical component for us, and it's got to start moving through our circles where we become devoted to one another in prayer. Where we don't just pray for one another when we're in the building. We don't just pray for one another when a prayer request goes out. We don't just pray for one another when we gather for corporate prayer. But our lives become devoted to this fact. I get up on a regular basis in the morning and throughout the day I call out your name. God brings you, you your face to my memory, to my mind. And I pray and I pray and I pray and I pray. And at the same time you're doing that for me. So here's a practical component for you today. Since we're not in the building, I would like for you to think about who you wish you could see today. At Passion Church, if we were walking in the door right now, music's going, smoke's going, light's going, all the stuff that we enjoy doing so much, who would you be so excited to see? Who do you look forward to seeing on a Sunday morning? I want you to take a pen and a piece of paper today, and I want you to write their name down. And let's try to keep it to five or six people, because I think that's when we're the most effective. Those people that you look forward to seeing so much, could I get you to become devoted to them in prayer this week? Could, could you begin to call out to God on their behalf this week? Could you carry their burdens? Could you let your prayer life become powerful and effective and fervent this week? Will you do me a favor? Would you take that little test or, or that little task and just write those names out? There are certain people that you look forward to seeing every week. But I think God's calling us to prayer. And so I want you to do that today. Let me pray for you. If you're watching today and you don't know Jesus as your personal Savior, we always want to give you that opportunity. And I'm going to lead in a salvation prayer before our transition into uh, prayer for our body. I also want to remind you that uh, one of the service components that we've talked about, but it also must transition into prayer, is the fact that we're starting a Hope Center this year. And uh, it's an alcohol and drug rehabilitation uh, ministry that is extremely uh, successful. And they're going to begin to, uh, as, as we open this, they're going to begin worshiping with us. We're going to have the opportunity to minister to them. We've got to raise some money. We've got to raise $67,000 by the end of March. And so we want to continue to start uh, giving, but we also want to pray because we know God, we need God's help with this. So as we pray this morning over these needs, I also want to remind you to pray for those that are in quarantine, uh, that God will stop this virus in its tracks in our body. Let's pray. Father, I thank you this morning that you love us that you sent your son to die for us, um, that 
you recognized there was a burden that we could never carry on our own. We could never be righteous enough to have relationship with you. And so you sent your son. I'm praying right now, Jesus, for anyone that's watching this broadcast, uh, wherever they are in the world, I just pray that if they don't have a relationship with you, that in this one moment right here, they would recognize that you can carry their burdens. Jesus, we, we just follow the commands that you've given us in Scripture. This is so easy. It's ABC. We acknowledge that we're sinners. We believe that you came, that you died on a cross for our sins, that you rose again on the third day so that we could have a relationship with the Father. And we confess with our mouth that you're our Lord. And at that moment, we're saved. And Jesus, we give you thanks in advance for all the hearts and lives of people that are being changed by your love and the relationship they're establishing with you today. And we give you glory for adding them to the kingdom. Now, Father, we pray over the people in our congregation that have needs, not just those that are sick with the virus, but those that are sick in their heart, those that are sick in their mind, those that are struggling uh, for resources. We know that they're in, a, in the size of body that we have, that there are needs that we probably don't even know about. I'm praying that over the course of this week, that as we become devoted in prayer for those people in our church, that you would bring people to our mind that so desperately need a touch from you. And I just pray that you'd intervene in their situation and that you administer to their needs today. We believe you're going to do that. We pray especially for those that are fighting the virus this morning. Uh, eight of us are maybe 10, around 10 of us in quarantine. Um, I just pray that you would stop this virus in its tracks. We just pray a hedge of protection around every body member, that you would just bring divine health into our body. We just thank you that those that seem to be dealing with this right now are just uh, having very light symptoms. We just pray that it would continue that way. And we just pray that you watch over spouses and children that are uh, in the same house with those that are quarantined, that you'd watch over them and protect them and keep them healthy. Pray that as we go through this and finish this quarantine period up this week, that as we're able to come back together and worship, that you would knit our hearts together as we continue to do circle checks to make sure that we're doing what our circles need. We thank you for this. And finally, Father, we pray especially for this ministry that we're embarking on with Hope Center. We just pray for divine resources to come from uh, places we're not even aware of. God, you would touch the hearts of people to give to this incredible ministry so that we can see men's lives changed by the end of this year as they find freedom from these things that are addicting them and destroying their families and stealing their hope. And we just partner with you in what you're doing in the lives of these men. And I just pray that you'd help us to be ready and positioned to reach out when we are able to start this center in Jesus' name. Now I pray you'd bless our folks today. I pray that they'd have a refreshing Sabbath and that you would watch over them and that you'd help them to have a productive week. I pray to that this week our prayers would be more fervent and effective than they've ever been in our lives. And Father, we'll give you praise for all of this in Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, just a reminder, um, I know the links are probably in the comment section, but just want to remind you that if you're watching for the first time and you're not normally a part of the Passion, uh, we'd love to know who, who you are and where you're watching. We promise we won't bother you. We just want to know uh, that you were joining us. Um, and we'd love to have you watch every week if you're not in the area. Second, I want to remind you that you can give online. The link should be in the comment section. You can also give to Hope Center online 
uh, right there on our giving page. Everything you give will go towards the start of the Hope Center um, and as we move towards that. Uh, and then last but not least, if you have prayer requests, make sure you put them in the comment section and we'll get them to our prayer team. They are devoted to us in prayer and uh, we appreciate their ministry. Look so much forward to seeing you again. It's just not the same uh, not being in the building. And hopefully by this coming Sunday, everything will be all clear and we'll be able to move back together into live worship. Um, but uh, thanks for uh, being here today. Keep praying for those of us that are dealing with this, but we're doing good. And we love you guys and appreciate you being a part of our Passion family. And God bless you. Have a great week. It's been a privilege to have you join us for this time of ministry. To find more Passion Church resources or to make a donation online, visit www.passionchurch.tv. Remember, you can't live without passion.